0: Hi, this is Dry Eye Diva Amy, and I'm here today with Dry Eye Diva of the East, Dr. Leslie O'Dell, and also a guest, special guest, Dr. Amy Now from Corbin Associates in Boston. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for joining. Good good morning. Um, Dr. Now. what
1: a special treat to have you on the line. Um, I can only imagine what it would be like to work at Corbin Associates with um, Dr. Corbin and Caroline Blackie. So thanks so much for taking time um, to join us.
0: Oh, happy to be here. So I thought it would be really great to bring us all together today to speak about something a little bit different. I was actually reading something recently about how the false eyelashes market in the US is worth over 200 million dollars and growing. In fact, it's supposed to be valued at about 250 million dollars by 2022. That's kind of terrifying from the dry diva perspective because that means there are a lot of women out there that are using false eyelashes. So for the dry eye diva context, obviously, this is something I thought we could discuss because using false eyelashes can definitely impact our eye health. So I'd like to start off with Leslie. Uh, again, Leslie's an optometrist uh, in Pennsylvania, and she sees, she sees a lot of dry eye patients. So I would love to hear from you, Leslie, what happens to the eyelids when somebody uses false eyelashes and we can also say eyelash extensions because both of them use glue to adhere onto the lids or the lashes so could you explain and say human speak what happens to our eyes when when we use these
1: well first going back to what you said
0: about this um
1: big business and all the money that's going into false eyelashes uh it's definitely apparent because I'm not in a metropolitan like the both of you. Um, I'm in kind of a rural setting in Pennsylvania, outside of, you know, Philadelphia area. <clears throat> and we have in the town I live in, we have no target, but we have two lash bars. <laughs> so it goes to show where women are spending their money. And even like this small community, it, it it's surprising to me. Um, but there's a lot of things that I think about when I think about false eyelashes. So first, just like you mentioned, the glue, whether it's individually placed or the strip type eyelashes, glue is what's adhering them to the to the lash and the lid margin. And a lot of times those glues have chemicals. Um, the biggest one is formaldehyde. And we know um, from research now that formaldehyde is extremely toxic to the ocular surface and the meibomian gland. Um, so we we really want to educate women to the right type of glue. Um, And then the other thing that happens is when these are fixed to the adhere to the lid and lash, they're kind of instructed not to put too much water there and really hygiene kind of becomes something that is ignored for fear of losing the lash. And so blepharitis um, is a big, big part of what I see in these patients. So usually kind of at the base of where the lashes adhered, Um, the false eyelash, that is, I'll see this nice, crusty blepharitis. um, So wait, wait, crusty
0: meaning sort of like when you wake up from a deep sleep in the morning and you have crusty eyes, you're saying that with these fake eyelashes, there's an extra crust forming around them? Because can't women leave on the false eyelashes for weeks at a time in some cases? Especially when they're having them um, individually placed. So yes um and it that's exactly so. What extra it looks crusty like. eyes okay that's fun
1: although interestingly a lot of times they don't have the symptoms okay. the symptoms that they might start getting after they've used them for a while would be lid margin redness mm-hmm. so what you don't want is to have this red rim it kind of makes you look tired it's not really beauty um hmm. so that might be something you come into or sometimes you might even get you know an infection with a hordeolum or a stye um because of because of the blepharitis.
0: Oh, fantastic. So, Amy, again, you're an optometrist at Corbin Associates in Boston, and as Leslie mentioned, Boston is definitely more say a cosmopolitan city, so there are definitely more women who you probably see using false eyelashes because there's a larger market. So, a question for you because there are these complications with the the eyelids or Potential complications for using false eyelashes in some cases i would think that the the chemicals that leslie was just describing could also say suffocate the i like to say the pores in your eyelids or the openings to the glands so in some cases it would almost be like when we clog our skin we get pimples so the sebaceous glands in our eyelids or the pores of our eyelids can get all clogged up and gross so like someone would want to pop a pimple I guess people would kind of want to pop the pimples in their eyelids. So, could you kind of explain to us what you do or would recommend for patients who do wear these eyelashes and how they can, say, resuscitate, rejuvenate, or pop the pimples in their eyelids?
2: Yeah. So, I think the you know that's a great question. But um, I'm going to preface the answer by saying, you know, why do we lose our eyelashes? Why do they get thin as? we age, I mean, clearly there's, you know, a cultural desire right now to have thick eyelashes, which are unrealistic, but they, you know, they look awesome. Um, But if you keep your eyelids clean in the first place, then you're not going to have eyelids that are red and, you know, almost look like you have gingivitis, but of your eyelids. We brush our teeth every single day, you know, two or three times and we floss our teeth. But it's rare to see anyone who knows that they should clean their eyelids. And there's biofilms on there. You know, our skin is full of staph and strep, and we don't clean them. Uh, And as a consequence, there's inflammation at the, not only the meibomian gland, but the hair follicles, you know, the lash, the lash becomes
0: disease. So so wait, just washing your face when you wake up in the morning or at night isn't sufficient? Or is it more the case that not everybody washes off, for example, their makeup? So this can actually exacerbate the, the inflammation or the blepharitis or the complications? Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, exactly. Lots of people will come into the exam room, Leslie. I'm sure you see this, and you know there's makeup all in their tear film, and it's all over their contact lenses. And they'll say, mm-hmm. "Oh, you know, I didn't put makeup on today." You're like, well, yeah. you know, you got a lot left on there from you know whenever you blushed, washed your eyes. So I think there has to be just a, an acknowledgement on women that you know if you have great skin, your makeup looks really good. You know, if you ha- if you don't wash your face and you have a lot of pimples, you're just covering up more badness. And so, mm-hmm. the same holds true for eyelids. You know, you want your eyes to look white. Um, you want your lids to look nice and healthy. The way to arrive at that is not to just layer on a whole bunch more stuff. You know, make sure that the base is clean. You know, and it's only after you achieve that when you start adding things. It's it's not quite as damaging potentially. So I'm going to put a
0: real big shout out to cleaning your lids. So Amy, how would you, how would you recommend for women to clean their latches? It's sort of kind of like women will go in for regular bikini waxes because they don't want, you know, extra straggling hairs around there. So they just want to be clean (laughs) to wear their bikini or their yoga wear, but they go in. It's regular maintenance. So other than just splashing water on your face or thinking about you know, you've cleaning your eye makeup off, how would you recommend that women thoroughly clean their eyelids so they are prepared? Just like maintaining their bikini line, what, what do you do in your practice?
2: So, we do a couple of things. Every single patient, whether it's a man or a woman, um, is taught to clean their lids, and we recommend doing it with um, if you don't, you know, just as simple as a q tip and water. Uh, and you can pretend you're putting on eyeliner essentially with that Q-tip just to get all the junk off of there. Mm -hmm. Um, We tell people that's like flossing your teeth. Um, There are lots of products out there um, that you can use, and you should ask your eye doctor about what ones they might recommend. Um, Amy, I know you've done some work on eye makeup removers, and some of them aren't the best for your eyes um, or your contact lenses, so I think patients should ask their doctor or maybe you could uh, make recommendations about that for your audience. It's just keeping them clean. And then we actually started a lid cleaning service about a year ago. And we recommend, just like you get your teeth cleaned, you know, if you're going to wear false eyelashes and then put a lot of makeup on over that The next time you are going to go get new eyelashes, come into the eye doctor and let us completely clean everything out for you. So you'd recommend
0: having a cleaning or say an eyelid rejuvenation or resuscitation once again, before you have Mm -hmm. new lashes applied? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Why wouldn't you? You know, I mean, if you're going to leave them on for weeks at a time and you can't clean your makeup off adequately, it's Leslie, I'm sure you know, you see, it's just all biofilms stuff you can't get off by yourself. Just mm-hmm. like the dentist can get the tartar off your teeth better than yep. you can, we have a microscope. You know, we can really kind of do a good job.
0: So do you think, both of you, do you think this is a, a trend that basically eye care specialists should sort of embrace? Because again, the market for f- false eyelashes is really growing. So how can you get the word out to your patients and also to women who wear false eyelashes about the, the importance of coming in for cleaning? Because Amy, as you put it, you have your dentist appointment every six months for the, the scrape, scrape of the, the plaque on your teeth or anti gingivitis treatments. Uh, what, what would you recommend to your colleagues out there to get the word about, out about the importance of this growing trend for false eyelashes and also the growing need for the eyelid maintenance?
1: I'm really anxious to hear what you say, Amy, because this is a brilliant idea. Um, You know, we're kind of saying don't do this, but this is a way that you can do it with less risk to your eye. Um, And then along the way, you kind of educate the patient if they are having some kind of reaction, you know, and now they become trusted in you. Um, I've had some experiences where the patient trusts the lash person more than me because our, you know, our relationship was, you know, a one visit type of thing. And the lash person didn't say there was any problem. So I must not know what I'm talking (laughs) about. Um, So I'm really anxious to hear how you've uh, been able to implement this in your practice.
2: So um, I am a very much a proponent of the dental model, you know, so if you, we know that um, use of makeup, um, decreases your ability to tolerate contact lenses because it affects your tear film. And, you know, makeup's fun and it's good and there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to wear it and feel pretty. I think that's really important. Um, and But at the same time, if you're going to do these things, you just have to say, you know what, if I want to wear my contacts and I don't want to have my eyes look like I'm stoned quite frankly, you know, by 3 p.m., have to take care of them and a really great way to do that is just patient education and taking pictures of their eyelashes uh and their lids and this holds for men too because men some men wear makeup Mm -hmm. and cosmetics Mm -hmm. but men also stare at computer screens all day and they get dry eyes it's to show them a picture you know this is what your eye looks like and that's so powerful you know um just to What's really on there, and you can show people the inflammation. Um, and a lot of times, Leslie, you've seen this too, and Amy, I know you've heard about the demodex mites that are in lids. There's a lot of that, you know, and you do not want little mites living in your eyelashes.
0: Hmm. Well, we don't want it's eyelid awesome. pimples, and we don't want bugs having sex on our lashes. So, you know. right. Right. <laughs> best to go to that's your that's eye doctor and get those lids cleaned. <laughs> right.
1: And so has the reception of this to your patients, I mean, they've been pretty, once you show the picture, I mean, I do think that you're right. A picture is worth a thousand words. Even just seeing your lash magnified is usually enough to frighten somebody, but um, you feel like your patients are kind of getting that whole idea of the dental model and it's been an easy education.
2: It's not been that easy. They, they, um, if they're not having an acute problem, they usually kind of blow it off. Um, But Mm -hmm. I have noticed, so I've been telling people this um, for the last four years. And I would say the first year, eh, you know, they don't really pay attention. And then it's that kind of second and third year. And especially people who are not able to wear their contact lenses as much as they used to, they really start to pay attention. Like, gosh, you know, I didn't do that when you told me to. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. well, let's, let's try this intervention and, you know, 95% 95% of the time, they really, God, that feels really good. And um, so I think it's just sort of getting people to do something new. It's really hard to get people to do sit-ups and, you know, to mm-hmm. do everything else they have to do. And this is like one more thing and, you know, they have to pay for it. But I think it's really just education. Um, and just being persistent with them and starting early, you know, teenage girls should know about this so that it doesn't have to be bad when they're 30 years old and there's all this inflammation from 20 years.
1: Yeah. And boys, I mean, and boys, because whether there's makeup or not, I, you you know, there's a lot of blepharitis even in the uh, male population. So I, I think make it universal is, is really smart.
2: Yeah. So start early and just, and just be persistent, you know, um, the end game is always the same with this stuff and invariably people suffer for it. I just, my, my real passion is to try to just change people's habits. And I think we can prevent a lot of dry eye from starting just by having people clean their lids the right way.
0: Sounds perfect. Well, again, I think this is really important for all of us to be on the same page and understand the education needed, the education potential, and also how to really start the conversations with your patients and with each other about what our daily beauty and hygiene practices are and how we can impact and improve our eye health. So thank you very much for joining. And I look forward to speaking with both of you again soon. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you, Amy.
2: Bye, Leslie.